Disclaimer. The content in these podcasts are not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have learned from these podcasts. This is Marcia Stonehill with Melt the Ice. Today I have with me Wayne Bushrod and Robert Ashton. Both of these men are longtime residents of King George County and have uh, generations of family that have uh, lived here in King George County. Uh, they are here with us today to share about some of the racial experiences that have been very real for them and their families uh, inside this county. Thank you so much for being here with us today. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, men, where, where shall we start? <laughs> I know, uh, you know, 2020 has been uh, quite an interesting year and Nationally, we are having conversations we've never had before and about racial injustices and the need to uh, think outside of our own box of experience speaking to uh, white people, mm -hmm. you know. And um, we've had the privilege of having conversations with each other and expanding those conversations to different members in the community that are interested. So, and uh, we decided we would talk on a podcast today a little bit. So, uh, either one of you that would like to start sharing any experiences. Robert, you said you've been in and out of the county. Right, I've been in and out of the county throughout my whole life when I was young. I was born and raised in Washington, D.C. However, my family is from King George County, Virginia area. And three-day holidays, weekends, I used to be here. And finally, after I got out of service and served 10 years and stayed in Washington for a few, in 1990, I came to Virginia. And um, my experiences here is that um, people they want to get along just to get along. You know, they see things that are happening and then they won't say nothing, but it's just something that's, that, that, that we're used to, especially in the black community. Okay. It's something that they're just used to, um, they used to seeing, they used to hear things. And my point of view on that is I'm not one because I had the opportunity to travel around the world working for the State Department all my adult life and in the military I you know you you you, you travel and you see people get along and here in this state you have those that get along but what are they saying behind your back you know, what are they saying behind your back? How do they actually feel about you? And I have experience, I haven't experienced it, but you know, you can tell it's there, especially when you go like into county offices, 
you know, I'm not one to look at individuals and say, well, I know that person disliked me or not because of who I am and all that, but you can tell it's just they tolerate you. It's not mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not that um that that they see you for who you are, a human being. Okay. Um and I and I and I say on, on that point, you know, I never myself as being a black man never used being black as an excuse for failure. And it appears, you know, sometimes they want you to do that unless you're that individual in life that 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 has succeeded, then they're your friend. But how close of a friend are you right. to them? But then by being black, you have to do whatever you're gonna do twice as much as say a white person would have to do to be their equal. You know, go to school, you have to be on the honor roll every semester just to get by and to be equal to someone that's, you know, making C's all the whole time. So So to be taken seriously or to have your skills and your your skill set and your wisdom and, and your persona, to have that taken seriously, it's like you, you have, have to, to work yourself. 10 yeah. times harder and you have to have a resume that looks all the more impressive. Mm-hmm. Is this what you're trying to Definitely. help people to understand? And then, I, I go ahead, sorry. Well, on, on that, you know, I, I've never felt that... Um, I had to prove myself to anyone because I know who I, who I am. I know, you know, what my perspective is on life. I know that, you know, number one, I serve a good God to bring that into the conversation. And also that I never look, as I said earlier, you know, being who I am as being an excuse for failure. I, gra- I didn't graduate from high school I had to leave high school because I had the credits, and I, at the time I wanted to go in the military. And I told told my dad, and he signed the paper, and I went in the military. From there, I got my high school diploma, and plus I have associate's bachelor's degree. But you know, and and even then, when I was in school, I didn't have to, you know, feel like I had to be better than that person. I had to show my skill set and what I know. I I didn't feel that you know, hey, I had to be better than that person that's not of color. I, I just had to show that I am and who I am, what my perspective was as far as moving ahead. That's um, a very powerful statement. Yeah, I like that. So um, going back to what you were saying earlier, uh, this is something it seems like we really do need to break through. And if we can make a difference here in our own locality, getting the conversations going, you know, where people really are speaking their mind and their truth and feel like they can say what is real for them without it costing them in some way. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Because you were saying earlier that, you know, some people don't necessarily say what they really think and they just kind of, the whole go along to get along. 
and but then that's allowing us to stay us white people and to continue doing what you do to, to continue to do what we do and to continue to stay inside all these biases that we have and you know one thought i had the other day was that implicit bias is not we're not hiding it it just comes rolling out and we're completely unaware mm -hmm. and if 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 we're not open to learning that this is exactly what we're talking about that's the implicit bias we're talking about you know if we can't as a people become willing to receive that information and redirect ourselves and be open to thinking inside of other people's experiences that's what we need to have happen right yeah well see what what i see as especially um especially i look at it as saying you're born into this world and you are taught what you are who you are you are taught it you wasn't born into this world as a person of hate that I don't like this person. You are taught that, and it's carried, and it carries with you throughout your life. And if it carries with you throughout your life, especially those who say that they are Christian, yes. and the Bible teaches you to love thy neighbor as thyself. Right. Mm -hmm. And you say that, but then you turn around, you can't stand that person because of who, who they are then you're not leaving a, a, a godly life and you're putting on a persona of something that you really not. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you just, you know, if it's hate that, that, that you are taught, it's hate that's going to keep you going. And if you, if you don't open your eyes and see that, you know, we're all human. God didn't make, you know, black, he, he made us in different, you know, images, but it's different images of him. Yes. No matter where you at. And a good Christian, from my perspective, is one that loves our neighbor as ourself. And, and if you got time to, to be hating everyone, then what is your purpose for living? I can't be worried about, oh, I hate that person. I can't think that all the it time. It takes more time to think that way mm -hmm. than it does to just yeah. love everyone and treat everyone treat everyone the same and um you, you you know you also gotta um realize that that people make choices and whatever their choices are they continue on with with it mm -hmm. they, i don't understand sometimes how some people can can just you know have that hatred in them but yet they say that I understand you. Right. I, I don't get that. How can you understand me if you have that hatred for me because you're looking at who I am? But then a lot of them hate you because that's the way they've been taught and they don't know any better. That's what I had, had, you know, had mentioned they earlier. They don't know any better because they, they've lived that and that's all they know. And as far as the older people holding things in, that's the way they were taught. That's how they were taught to act to get by in this world. They, that was their survival. Yeah, mm -hmm. they didn't want to stir up anything. They just wanted to 
move through slow and easy, maybe unseen, but yet get the same result. Right, because if you are if you are an outspoken person, you know you are a troublemaker. Mm -hmm. Or that's the way they look at it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then that could be downright dangerous. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's also dangerous when uh, people smile in your face, right? And all the time, you know what what their thought process is. Right. <laughs> you know, right. You, 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 they're smiling at you, but you know deep down, you know. Well, I had a supervisor one time that you know kept reiterating to me that they weren't prejudiced. Right. Well, if you have to keep doing that, then there's an issue. Right. You know, you're covering up. Right. Something something right yeah and this is what we seem to to not understand as mm -hmm. far as you know if we're not listening and uh, eager to learn about the truth of the experiences that other people have had and we're being resistant to that then we're we're staying stuck in our own biases and inside the 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 hate and the and, and one thing I want to bring up in that regard is I, I know a lot of people would believe themselves that they definitely don't have feelings of hate, but yet they don't understand perhaps how they're living inside of a lot of biases and a lot of stereotypical ideas that have been ingrained because of how things have been in our society. And then in that regard, it's it's detrimental to a black person for for white people to not challenge those biases inside themselves to not become aware of it because it allows it allows the systemic issues to persist and right. am i saying that correct yeah, they might not have the intention of being biased or racist but the way they present themselves or what they say is in a Very. racist or biased way. Yes. And it's perceived that way. Yes. They just not aren't listening to themselves. Right. Yeah. Or that's how thick. I keep wanting to say the 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 indoctrination is thick. You know, that's just how yeah. thick it is. That's how uh you know, I think we all listened to a video the other day where they were talking about it's such an integral part of our society. Racism has been that we were that's what creates the denial right on for white people yeah. you know black people are not in denial about it but there hasn't been perhaps well, a lot of people have been hiding it for the last 50 or 60 years suppressing it but with this president that we've recently had he's brought it back well, to light does not take away from recently still have up until January the 20th. Yeah. 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 But, you know, he's just portrayed it as it's okay to say what you want to say, act the way you want to act toward everyone. Right. You know, there's no... He has not called hate no. hate. Right. And he's embraced it. Right. And everybody's just eating it up. Right. So, I don't know. It's going to be a long road again to go back or to get back. We'll probably never get back the way we thought we were. Right. You know, five, six years ago. Well, I certainly hope we get beyond that. And, and in the sense of what you men are saying, that people have held a lot of things inside. And 
uh, I think it's my understanding that part of the reason why the two of you are taking the step of sharing today is that you're hoping to set the example for others who have been holding things inside to go ahead and use their voice and step out and speak the truth. It's okay to talk about it. Right. Get it out in the open. Right. You know, hopefully can make a change. Right. I mean, it's like I said earlier, I, I can't sit around and, and think about, you know, oh, I dislike this person or whatever. No. You know, that, that can't be on my mind each no. and every day. You know, your energy. mind's supposed to expand. You're right. And it <laughs> takes too much energy away from you. And, cause, and it probably caused you health problems, mm-hmm. which some of these folks yes. really don't know. Yes. You know. Or well, they're going through and don't don't know why. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's simple. Yeah. And it you is. Know, you know, give a good example about that Confederate statue that's up there. Uh, in King George in, County and in, 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 in front of our courthouse. In front of the courthouse. You know, that statue, you know, a lot, a lot of black folks look at that statue as, you know, is we gonna keep them in place. The originality of that statue was for that purpose. Yes, you um, the South laws, but you know, we had the system that um, if you get in trouble, uh, we got you when you mm-hmm. come through the door. Right. And they look at it as people don't see that. And to be honest and open about it, it's there. They look at that. You, you 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 drive past it. You see it, and you know what it is. And I'm glad America has opened up about those statues and who those individuals represented because it, they represented of keeping you in place. Slavery. They wanted you know and, and keeping uh, us behind. Keeping us behind. Well, and degrading that, black people as human beings. Just mm-hmm, continuing right. that perception of you know. Yeah. That you're less than human on some level. We'll never or be evil, you know, according to them. I'm gonna give you, give you something that I laugh about it every time I, I see it. Well, as you know, back in the fifties or whatever you were, or fifties or whatever you were, Negro, some and and some folks, white folks called you the N word. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you became colored, and then from colored you became black American because you was proud of it. Um, and then you're Afro-American. Well, <laughs> uh, the funniest thing that I, I, I'm laughing on and the reason I'm saying that because my birth certificate says I'm colored. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah, and, I, I, and, and when I tell people that, there are some people that are older than me, theirs doesn't say that. You know, they say, there's, you know, say, Negro. Um, Negro, some of them say black, but mine say color. But, you know, that's a that's a title, another thing, that you were given. Right. You were given. You were given that title. It's not that, you know, you, you, you chose it. You know, what is the consensus of America now? Who, who are we? You know, who are we? So... You have folks that want to identify themselves or who they are, but then you have other individuals that want to say, okay, you're this, mm-hmm. you know. Keep, keep you in a certain category. Keep you in a category. <laughs> right. Yeah, those, those, it makes me laugh. I look at it and laugh, but I know who I am. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's like I was told once, too, that I would never eat dinner at his table. Oh. Ooh. Well, 
It was actually it was my it was my stepfather-in-law at the time. Within a week, I, my feet were under that table, which wasn't his. Right. <laughs> it was his wife's. Right. Okay. <laughs> so you know, but that's long gone. I mean, we didn't we didn't have any problems with each other, you know, as long as I stayed where I was supposed to stay, and he stayed where he was supposed to stay. So still but, not really addressing the issue. But this was, this was late seventies, right? You know, early eighties. But the point that we want to drive, that I want to drive home, is that people that are sitting beside of me have experienced these things. And we have to stop acting like, well, this was 50 years ago. What are we still yeah. talking about this for? You know? Well, we're talking about it and because we need to. Well, we need to. And the leadership that we have right now who in government, the current president, is the one that, that opened this up for those that had those thoughts all the time. Right. He opened it up and that just gave them a, a, a venue to say, okay, I can do this now and I can because say it. Because he's doing it. Yeah, because, because he's doing it. Mm -hmm. right. So he set the example. Right. And uh, that's, that's like when I was, what, went to third grade, I was one of the first, it was either seven or 15 black kids from Ralph Bunch that went to King George. Mm -hmm. And I call them, call us test kids to okay. see what would happen. And to my knowledge, nothing out of the ordinary happened. I mean, we were all accepted. The community back then was, the black community back then was really tight. And if something had happened at school to one of the kids, the parents would have known about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they would have done something done something about it but to my knowledge nothing happened and I guess each year after that they increased the number of kids going to King George from Ralph Bunch until they totally uh, integrated in 68 mm -hmm. I'm, you know my I haven't had that experience like I said you know I used to come down it was already there. done yeah. yeah up there when I was going to school that it was a mixture you know you know that foreign foreigners and all because when I was in high school before I left high school, the high school I went to was Frank W. Ballou in Washington D.C. Right. And those and and they right now when they're in the news they're in the news about you know a whole lot of bad things and it's a, and it's and it's all black right now. Mm -hmm. And when I showed there was one individual that I met a few years after I got out of service, he went to the school and I showed him my yearbook. And he said, what? I said, yeah. I said, that school wasn't like that when I went there. Right. You'd be surprised and shocked because there was a lot of military families right. around the area also. And um, all through my kindergarten, all the way up, I, we, you know, the things that were going on down here. Kindergarten? Yeah, no, no well, kindergarten? kindergarten. There was no kindergarten here for for well, like we had, kids. We had, yeah, well, kindergarten on up. So I didn't experience those type of yeah. things. So I, you know, and if I did, I, I wasn't looking at it that way. I was looking at it at school. We didn't know. It wasn't something that we looked at. Mm -hmm. Everybody was equal. Yeah. 
you know. That's you were, how you were you, looking yeah, at yeah. it. You were the same as, as I were. And, and then, then on another note, the kids got along more than the parents, yeah. you know. So I'm looking at it, say, like how you all went to school down here. You going to school and you and and you got friends and buddies that are uh, same color, same, same <laughs> color and, and and you know you all don't know the difference between the colors. You right. all are friends, right. but it's the parents that stops there. Right, right. That's who teaches. Mm-hmm. That's who teaches the little ones. Yeah. And then eventually, that parental influence affects the friendships with the kids, right? Mm-hmm. That's what other people have told me. Maybe not 100% of the time, but for... Well, it's a major influencer. Of course. Yeah, just like your your friends. Right. They influence you. Right. Well, your parents are more of an influence. Right. Because um, that's where you're learning from. Right. So, but as a child, I mean, third grade, I, mean, I didn't know. I mean, you were the same as I, you just looked different. Right. But you didn't, we didn't treat each other in a different right. way. You know? Right. So it wasn't until later on, maybe high school, that I, you know you start looking at people. Well, they're different, but still, we're still friends. We all grew up together. Right. So. But then, was there, you know, part of what we want to reflect back on too? I think is the fact, you know, somewhere in there, there's still this go along to get along happening where where people are not really learning who you are and what your experiences are and how it is different because that's one thing we will often hear white people say as a resistance and a defense is well I grew up when I had when I was growing up I had black friends you know and, and this becomes the reason as long as they were down the road <laughs> right they might have rode the same school bus but they didn't associate right and then if you look at society today where um, I know it's eating a lot of folks up. It doesn't phase me one bit or the other. You, you know, interracial marriage. Right. And then those things that those folks were saying back then. Right. Oh, this will never happen. Oh, well, they need to look at it now because it's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. Right. And um, like, I, like, like I mentioned earlier, <clears throat> Or you might have mentioned it, Wayne, about how, you know, the elder folks just stayed in their place. They wouldn't do it where the younger folks these days, they won't tolerate it. And they, a lot of them really don't see it. They don't think of it as that. And they don't know. Yeah, they They don't don't know. know. They actually don't know. Because if they're not taught, you know, history in school, especially black history. Right. Then... They won't know. They're taught what they, the American history, that's what I call it. The American history, and the American history is not black history, it's white history. Well see, their their parents are our age or younger, and they've never experienced it, they've never been around it. So these kids don't know anything about it. So then I think part of what I'm hearing you say is the importance of making sure that we get the, the, black history out there that education and I know that there's a lot more YouTubes there's a lot more lectures there's a lot more presentations and I think our uh, our governor here in Virginia has appointed a committee to try to make sure that the proper education is put forth in our public school systems because all of us 
to date have been only presented, as you put it, Robert, the American history that does not really include accurate black history. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll get a page or two. Well, well, you look at right. it's supposed to be, I can't think of the name of it right now. Some, what is that project 16 or what was the, it's a project or something that they want to put in the classes, but it's resistance from Republicans. Like, well, I speak yet yeah, a Republican Party because they're more, you know. I, I'm trying to think of that that project. They want this project to go into the schools, and it has something to do with like from slavery forward. I can't think okay. of it right now, but I do. But yeah, we get Black History back in the schools. I mean, that would be a major. And it would be beneficial for the young ones to, to even know about it. Just like now, I mean, Martin Luther King's birthday is coming up, and the kids get off from school. They don't know why. It's just a day off from school. Right. You know, they don't. They could care less. They don't know. Man, they know who Martin Luther King was, but they don't know the real benefit of what he has done. Unless you get those students whose parents instilled in them who it was, why you have that holiday. Right. They are understand yeah. then, but other than that, like you said, when it's just a holiday just a day out of for them to be off. Right. Yeah. And now, and now, you know, uh, another holiday is probably probably coming up after Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Yes. Yeah. Sooner or later, yeah. Juneteenth. Yeah. So soon, sooner or later, that's going to be a national holiday. Right. Sooner or later, because most states recognize it. Yes. Now we're into the Confederate state that have issues with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and these are the steps that we're taking now, and that, and locally we need to. It, and one of the things I guess that I'm seeing too is there's what's happening on the national level, state levels, and then the local, the local levels. And we really do have to take responsibility as as citizens and residents of our local communities to make sure that we're progressing with the progressions that are being made, you know, and like you're talking about, you know, not just sitting back and ignoring that there's a Confederate monument in our county that's sitting in front of a courthouse, you know, but just make having the conversations, educating people because they haven't had the education as far as why it does matter that it's sitting there and why it would be relevant to move it to a different place. And it not just offends people, but hurts them deeply. Reminds, it's a reminder of deeply hurtful things. And I think what the county should do is have a community advisory committee. That way you can get everyone on there that has something to say and people can learn from each other that way. That's a beautiful idea, and perhaps we're moving in that direction because of men like you that are willing to step out and have these conversations, and and that this would will give other people the courage to begin to have these conversations. Perhaps that's the direction we are moving: is you know being able to create that type of a diversity and inclusivity forum, you know where. Mm-hmm we can do things that are much more inclusive instead of just from the perspective of one group of people. Definitely open eyes and ears and hearts right. to that there isn't 
problem in King George. Right. King George is not any different than any other locality. I mean, we have citizens, they have feelings, and it does hurt. Yes. So. And it does matter, and these perspectives must be shared. It's so important for it to be shared. We cannot, we can't miss this. You know, it's been, it's, you know, I'm all about, one of the things that I've said is we talk about history, but there's a disconnect from the human experience. And I, I, I'm so appreciative that each of you are sharing today, and I look forward to how this will get the ball rolling here locally so that the truth can be told from many different perspectives and, and open people's eyes that, of what was real and therefore how we can move forward progressively. We might be a rural county, it might be Virginia, but it doesn't mean we can't make expansive progress. Well, I wonder what, what those folks who, who, who you know, that have issues, uh, especially with racism, when they go to these big cities, uh, how do they feel now? i give you a good example. A person that, that had that much hatred in them, if they need to travel to Europe, mm -hmm. some of those countries that are open, you know, mm -hmm. just like commercials that they have here, they would call them adult films mm -hmm. <laughs> here in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. over there. Yeah. But it's just something that's natural. Right. It's natural. You know, you go to, you know, Italy, you know, where Paris. Italy, Paris, with those statues of naked women and, and men. Right. And we would have an issue here. Right. See, you know, it's just like, look, look, think about it like this. Back in the 80s, or I wasn't here when uh, President Carter was the president because I was overseas. By the time I left and came back, Ronald Reagan was the president. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to go to the metric system. We're, we, the U.S. is behind mm -hmm. in a lot of things. The metric system is, 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 is better for us, but, you know, because they say, oh, it'll cost this and that much, but if you were taught what that metric system is, you'll see how simple it is. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with switching to the Euros. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. we can't do that either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why, that's why I'm Throughout my adult career, I, I was glad that I had the opportunity to travel because I saw a lot of things that some of these people that haven't even been 15 or 20 minutes out of their state, they they just don't they get panic. it. Yeah. Panic. And you're bringing up a really good, good point as far as, you know, if we don't leave our communities, if we don't do much traveling, if we don't get exposure to other culture, other ideas, more expansiveness, then we can tend to get stuck in a rut. We can accept things as, well, this is just the way it is. This is just normal. This is just how it is here, these sort of things. And, and that, that creates a stagnation. And, and we want to grow beyond that. We want to keep Keep the ball rolling. Keep right. progress happening. Yeah, right. and, and I look at it also like this. I think 
uh, President-elect Biden said it best when he said, there's um, no blue state or red state, it's a United State. And if you look at those states that have that, that were blue, yes, those are states that are open. People get more along than anything else. Right. And if you have those other states that you say a red state is what how our current president identified the U.S. Those are the states that he wanted to just stay right, right where you at. Don't let time move forward for you. Right. Right. Don't change for anything. No, don't change. We need to change. Mm -hmm. We need to be more open, be more flexible. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder right now how many folks, as they would say in those red states, that, that have never met a, a black man. I know that when I was in the military, it was someone from Tennessee. Uh -huh. The only time he saw a black person was on TV, and it kind of startled him. They do exist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they do exist. And he, he came along. Yeah. And he came along. That was doing basic training. And, and well, once they figure out that it doesn't rub off, they're usually okay. And that's the oddest part. In the military, you're taught unity and cohesion. It's no black and white. You either... In the army, you you at the time I was in, you're either green, right? In the air force, blue, <laughs> navy, white, and, and and black because they got two different form uniforms, and um, Marine. marines brown. They didn't go by no color. You tried at, at, when I was in. I know if you tried that, it wouldn't work, right? Because they tell you straight, they didn't know. Your brother is the one that's going to watch your back, right. and you're going to watch his right. back. Right. And they taught that, and, that, and then what gets me, how can some, you get some that get out, and they forget about all that. Mm -hmm. But in, in the armed forces, you, you it's no color. Mm -hmm. Everybody's the same. Everybody's the same, because you're looking out for one another. Mm -hmm. Except there are men who are older, who did experience discrimination because when the, if they were in the service prior to desegregation, mm -hmm. then they experienced discrimination even in the military. And then definitely when they got home, mm -hmm. they came right back home to, 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 to the segregation yeah. and the inequality. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to... Uh, Dismiss the right. That, that was fact. that was right. Yeah. That was before integration and, and before equal pay. Like World War Two, yeah. World War One. And here in our county, there yeah, hasn't been a lot of conversation about that, mm -hmm. and we're hoping also to open that up to yeah. give the, uh, these men, uh, if they wish to the Just, space to tell us the truth about their experiences and uh, and then you know being able to reflect the progress that we have made mm -hmm. and the progress that we still do need to make. Well just like you look at it again right there at the courthouse that stone with the with the war hero's name on it mm -hmm. up top now you got white down the bottom you got colored right but 
during that war, we were uh, United States of America. Right. United. Right. We weren't divided. And here again, you come back to the U.S., you're divided again. Right. You know, so, you know, when, when you put that statue up, good. I have a great uncle that's on that, great, great uncle that's on that statue. But, you know, and I look at it, just because his name up there, that doesn't make me feel even yeah. better. Right. You know, because it's because because they divided the nation. Right. They divided not the nation. They divided the people. The again people. Yes. By race. Yes. I had one man uh, call me one time and tell me a story of that he was in the Korean War, and he said he was sitting on the bridge and uh, a bridge in Korea, and that one of the Korean soldiers said to him, uh, "Why don't you go home and free yourself?" You know, as far as seeing what's happening here in America, exactly what you're talking about, knowing that this black man is fighting for the United States Army, but he's going to come home to, to be not being yeah. completely free himself yeah. to to do everything he wants to do. Um, so I I like reminding us of these things because again one of the arguments that I always hear is well this happened so long ago this happened so long ago well no people are sitting beside me that have experienced these things and it's completely disrespectful to not acknowledge that and well, it's, it's still happening yes yeah it's uh, it hasn't changed right yeah but I think more people that becomes aware of it, maybe we can make changes. Absolutely. You know, change their their minds, how they see it, and we can make changes. So. I do have the hope um, that there are a majority of people that, with education and conversations, will jump on board and help make these changes move forward you know uh, i think one of the barriers that i see too is that people are so busy surviving their own life whether it's keeping up with their own bills keeping up with their children keeping up with sicknesses and diseases and you know just all the life things that happen on to all of us on a daily basis do people get so are so bogged down with all of these things that it's hard to prioritize making this very relevant issue a priority True. in coming together and again hopefully conversations like this will help people to recognize that there are things that you can do you know create conversations in your workplace create conversations around your own family table you know listen to youtubes and you know listen to different podcasts that help to expand your thinking and open your mind and show you more and more and more of what you can do we say that we also i can say like elder people now that are older than me and you Wayne that um, if we look at it and say hey, you know we can make a difference um, you say that a good example you say that you're a Christian and you always pray for all people but what about the people that you have to deal with every day right you know 
what about those people? How you know? How do you feel about them? Um, and I, and me, like I'm a Christian, and I know that I I try my best. We're all imperfect people. Yes. But those that strive to be to to, to get the weight of you know racism and everything else off their shoulders. They're gonna be better off because they don't. Their their health is gonna be better. Yes. Their health yes. is gonna be better because they don't have time to worry about. They can move on. Yeah, I can move on. So. So what I'm hearing uh, is that we all need to really reflect on our own attitudes. We need to move away from gossip. We need to move away from judgment and criticism. And we need to have respectable interactions with human beings. Correct. Treat everyone as I am. Right. And you you said it with one word, judgment. Yeah. Don't judge nobody. Mm -hmm. Who are you? Remember, you can't judge nobody. Only he above can judge. Right. You need to remember that. But especially those that are Christians that's putting judgment on you. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and if we're going to be completely honest in that regard, you know, sometimes it's within these religious circles, within the circle of Christianity, that the greatest judgment gets heaped out upon people, right? You know, and so we need to we need to be very thoughtful about that. You yeah. know, like you said, who are we to judge? Who who are you to judge? You know, I mean, who am I to judge? Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's a very very harmful human habit that that we all have to take personal responsibility to not fall into because it's so harmful Mm -hmm. and you know i know i personally know people who don't want to have anything to do with the christian religion because of that because of what you're saying it's 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 so two-faced in a way you know it says this but then you know, and then of course the defense to that is, well, nobody's perfect, and the, you know, but and we know we know all of that, right. but it doesn't make us less accountable to to do our best to practice what we're learning right. in those and, circles. And also on that note, you know, you got a lot of them that say that they don't believe, but when it comes to the end, oh God. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> When yeah. a crisis shows yeah. up, God yeah. help me. Oh, yeah. They don't say, oh, Rob, oh, Martha. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think this has been a, a very powerful conversation. I don't know if there's anything else either of you men would like to bring forth or if this is a good place to wrap up. I think this is a good place yeah. to wrap up. And I also just want to just want to make my last comment that I made in the earlier beginning. That, you know, no matter who you are, especially a person of color, don't use who you are as an excuse for failure because you're better than that and you have to, you carry yourself right. that way. Live, live you carry the life you want to present. Right. So be the spirit of who you are and don't let anything shut you down. Mm-hmm. Right. Be strong. Okay. Thank you. We appreciate both of you being here today. Thank you.